For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by co-host, the forever mad online, Gina Kelly. Gina, how you doing? I am doing fine, David, and I'm actually not very mad online because Falcons won and so did the Braves. So, uh, yeah. Kind yes. of a weird day for me. I don't know what to do with sports happiness. <laughs> don't just <laughs> enjoy it for now because it's inevitably <laughs> not going to last. <laughs> and that is true. <laughs> oh, man. If there's anything we know as Atlanta fans, it's everything is temporary, uh, including wins. Uh, but mm-hmm. we are going to celebrate a win. Um, of course, the Braves uh, going to the uh, championship series or the National League uh, championship series and uh, and the Falcons winning another game, uh, getting to two and three on the season, which is sort of, uh, I, I think, where many of us thought they might be after this point yes. when we looked at the schedule. Maybe didn't get there the exact way we thought they would. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, they go into the bye. This this feels like a, 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 I feel like it was a, one of the more complete games they've played. And I think many of our listeners yeah. feel the same. Yeah, it really was. Um, And yeah, I just want to give you a quick shout out, actually, David, I could not stay awake for the game on Sunday, because I had (laughs) I woke up with a migraine. And so I just wasn't feeling well enough. I couldn't deal with the light from the TV. And so, you know, David, every week you do like the basically like a blow by blow recap. And so when the (laughs) migraine was gone, and I could stand to look at a screen again, I read that and you were so thorough that I really felt like I had watched the game and I did watch the game later, but um, yeah. So I just wanted to thank you for that. You do a really great job with that and thank listeners, you. you should check it out. Yeah. And I, I know very few people read it uh, all the way through, but every now and then, if you read, you'll find um, my moments of a mental breakdown translate <laughs> into the text. And <laughs> I'm sure every oh now gosh. and then someone catches it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not just like a blow by blow recap of the game, but it also does convey your emotional ups and downs throughout the game. And I think that that really does give you kind of the experience of actually watching the game <laughs> without having to suffer through each agonizing second. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, but as, as we know that the Falcons did win this weekend in London, a London game, this is uh, notable because we have several uh, callers from international, uh, which is a lot of fun. Love our uh, fans that are outside the U.S. This will be a, a good time. And uh, yeah. yeah, the Falcons won 27-20. And uh, honestly, I, I don't think the score was even that close. I think the Jets added on 
some points in garbage time, you know, field goals. So really impressive win, I think, for the Falcons. And um, it was the Jets, and we're going to hear a little bit of that. But <laughs> um, <laughs> so on that note, why don't I get us started with our first of the uh, the voicemails? Yeah, let's do it. Whew. Feeling good. I know it's the Jets, and so obviously expectations <laughs> are tampered. But this is, the, I think, the best we've looked. I think the only reason the game looks closer is because of all the freaking turnovers. And we still had some wide receiver drop issues. But overall, we, we got what every fan wanted, a Kyle Pitts breakout game. Mm. So that, that was wonderful. I thought Matt Ryan, for the second game in a row, looked great. I think Arthur Smith's play calling is improving game by game. They're, he's getting comfortable. Matt's getting comfortable. The offense is getting comfortable. The defense, they did enough as they've been doing all season. Um, and so it's great. It, it's the best I felt after a game this entire season. We'll see what happens after the bye, but um, even still, I'm going to go drink. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, and how can we forget Kyle Pitts with the, the breakout game, the one we've all been waiting for? Um, yes. He just – and he had the most beautiful one-handed catch in the game that uh, I've seen this year and he made it look effortless. And I think Gina, for me, that's the thing that sort of stands out about him. Cause you know, you think about tight ends, they tend to be more, you know, physical and I don't want to say lumbering, but you know, they're big guys and he just looks, he looks like a wide receiver. He runs like a mm-hmm. wide receiver. He's fluid, but he just yeah. has an incredible reach, uh, an incredible catch radius. We saw that in the game. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was thrilled to see him get his first hundred yard game to get his first touchdown as well. Yes, all very exciting. And I just want to point out one specific catch, and that was that one hander that just did not look humanly possible. <laughs> and you know, so like that's it's just one play. And yes, it was against the Jets, et cetera, et cetera. But it was really nice to see Pitts really look like he's hitting his stride. Um, and yeah, I bet I think that that one handed catch is kind of emblematic of what the fan base expects from him like that's his talent level that's the skill that he has and so it was a really encouraging thing uh to see him actually you know look as good as advertised um so that was a lot of fun uh caller mentioned that the defense did enough again and they certainly did and Mm -hmm. you know again um the offense uh, we've talked about this several times on this podcast but it, there was always going to be a learning curve with the new scheme. And I think that we are starting to see that learning curve flatten out. I think that they are getting the hang of it. I think that everybody's getting more comfortable. And yes, they did have some drops, but they were also missing their top two receivers. And that's yes. kind of a big deal. And so the fact that the offense was able to pull off um, such a good game with Ridley and Gage both out was impressive in and of itself. Yeah, I think so. And uh, Alameda Zacchaeus as wide receiver one is not the kind of roster you want to take onto the field. No offense to Alameda, who I think is good None in the right role. Um, yes. But he is not meant to be a number one guy. And uh, honestly, with you know a couple of the turnovers, we had the fumble from Hayden Hurst, which was, I think, right there in the red zone. Uh, and then another one from uh, Mike Davis, which was also in the red zone. You could yeah. easily make the case that at minimum, if you if the Falcons walk away with the field goals there, they score 33 points instead of the yes. 27 they got. Um, so I think his point about the drops and the fumbles were were dead on. This this is probably a blowout if they clean up some of those errors. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that's spot on. And if you think about the way that Matt Ryan was dealing in that game, I think that, you know, I think that at least one of those possessions would have probably ended um, in a touchdown. And so, you know, then it's a, it's 10 point difference. And so, yeah, I think that that's, that's a really fair point. So again, now we've got to see if they can, you know, bring the show back to the States and actually, play with some level of consistency but i think that it was a really really encouraging game yes and uh i tweeted this out a little bit earlier after i went through some of the advanced stats from pro football focus and matt ryan for the second week in a row had a 90 plus pff grade overall amazing and just yeah and it's the first time he's done that since 2017 and uh, he did it two weeks in a row. He only had two games of 90 plus in 2017 at all. And he never had two games of 90 plus under Dirk Cutter in any season. So wow. I think that shows us, I, I think that's a really positive sign going forward. The, this scheme, we, we all felt that this would be a good fit for Matt Ryan. And I think we're starting to see that. So yes. if, that, if that keeps going, this, this could be a fun offense to watch, especially with Kyle Pitts. If he starts kicking it into gear and becoming consistent, uh, yeah, this could be uh, – they may not win a lot of games, but they, they'll at least be fun to watch on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, and I think, again, you know, it's going to take more than one season to get this team mm-hmm. back to a place where, you know, they're even in the conversation as a, you know, Super Bowl contender. Um, but I think that what we saw on Sunday, you know, hopefully is a sign of things to come over the next couple of years as they continue to acclimate to the new scheme. You know, Arthur Smith gets more game experience, all that kind of stuff. Yep. And on that note, our next voicemail sort of addresses some of that. I said I was going to leave a voicemail, win or lose. And I just wanted to get something off my chest. Just wanted to point out, no matter who the coaching staff is in the NFL, They're not just going to come out and say, hey, guys, we are in a rebuilding mode and still buy our tickets to watch us play. And (laughs) how how can you motivate your players if you come out and say that to the fans and media? It just shows that you don't trust your current players and the staff to get the job done. For that, in my opinion, you shouldn't be coaching. Some of these Falcons fans just need to realize and listen that these last two coaching staffs won early and became complacent. This is how we ended up in this situation. I hope mm. that both Arthur and Terry can churn out the bad and get rid of the bad contract, draft, and develop talent. If you're new to the Falcons, I can't blame you, but if you're a Falcons fan for the 10-plus years, shame on you. This is not new. I'll leave you with this. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same result is called insanity. Thank you, guys. Keep up the good work, and let's go Falcons. I think that yeah, was think- well said. Yeah, really good points there. Um, Yeah, just logically speaking, no team is going to say, hey, we're tanking. (laughs) Definitely. Why don't you give us tens of thousands of dollars for PSLs and buy season tickets? Like they're already struggling to sell tickets at the at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You know, Saints Mm -hmm. fans are in my mentions pretty much every week talking about attendance and they even did it during the pandemic. I was like, you guys, it's actually good that there aren't very many people there because <laughs> there's an actual pandemic. But um, yeah, I think really good points there. And, uh, you know, we we have heard, you know, several people say, oh, you know, they can't say it's a rebuild because the fans won't buy tickets. But I think the point that he made that you cannot motivate your players if you admit that you yes. are rebuilding and you are admitting that you do not trust them, you do not believe that they can compete. 
that would be a terrible, terrible way to yeah. start off as a new head coach. So yeah. I think it all makes sense. Yeah, I think that was a really great point there. Um, because th- these players want to win. They're not signing yeah. up to come and tank a season. They, you know, these yeah. NFL players, they do not care about the Falcons draft position next year. <laughs> they, they do not. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, not at uh, all. <laughs> and, you know, they, they're going in, they want to win. They want to look good, especially yeah. these guys that are on one-year contracts. They yeah. are thinking about what am I going to do this year? That's going to get me another contract next year, whether it's here mm-hmm. or elsewhere. So, yeah, th- this is their livelihood. These guys are not going to sign up to suck. And to no. hear their coach come out there in the front office, come out and say, yeah, we're going to suck for a while. They're like half these guys wouldn't be here if they kept that mentality going into the season. So, yeah, I think exactly. that's a really strong point. Uh, and I'm glad that glad that listener put that out there. And, um, you know, uh, hopefully this stops with the noise about they should have said it was a rebuild, but I'm, I'm sure we're still going to hear it regardless. Yes. Just like we are probably still going to hear that everything is Matt Ryan's fault, even though he's been <laughs> playing extraordinarily well. <laughs> some things oh, never change. <laughs> some things will never change. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to our next one. A fan from Vermont. Uh, Dave should appreciate this. Hey guys. Hey, GNIDW. Thanks for doing this. This is really awesome. Um, I just left a voicemail, but I forgot to uh, follow through on it. So I hope this actually goes through this time. So to our man who said he was the only Salt Lake fan and uh, a Falcons fan, um, I have to say that I was uh, brought up in Vermont. So, you know, that's Patriots country. Um, I could have been a (laughs) Patriots fan, but I'm not. I hate him. Um, You know, this was a very, very frustrating win. Um, up and down, I'm still shaking. First um, <laughs> and uh, uh, Mike Davis, you know, whew, those drops, you know, fumbles. That was uh, that was not good. Um, but we're gonna celebrate the win. Um, I, I love these voicemails. I love the fact that. You know, we, we, we talked, or you all talked about it, you know, commiserating over the losses, frustrated fans. I get to clean the house today with the, uh, with the Jersey on, um, <laughs> not taking the Jersey off today, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the jets, but whatever, it's still football, you know, it's they're, they're still a professional football team. And, um, you know, we were able to pull off the W before the bye in London, real good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to go to the Miami game. Um, oh, nice. I don't know how smart it was to spend the money I spent. <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited nonetheless. Uh, I know. Uh, I, I guess uh, all I got to say is, uh, I mean, Matt, Matt Ryan played amazing. Um, O-line, definitely see some, uh, see some promises, promising play there. Um, kept Matt Ryan upright. Um, you know, Finally got that pitch touchdown. Man, was I excited. Um, but anyways, I will uh, not ramble on too much longer. Um, you know, again, thank you for uh, doing this for us. And uh, I look forward to hearing the voicemails uh, when they come out. And, um, you know, if I don't get picked, I'll keep calling. <laughs> oh, my God. We, oh, we do. Uh- Go ahead, David. Uh, we do try to include all the voicemails for, for those who are listening. Uh, the only ones we exclude uh, are either 
where we have some duplicates from the same person calling twice uh, or the audio is bad and we can't uh, get that through. So I just want to put that out there before we respond. But go ahead, Gita. Yes. Yes. Um, and I was just going to say, you know, uh, you may be one of very few Falcons fans in Vermont and in New England, but you are certainly not alone. Uh, we One thing that David and I have learned over the many years that we have been at the, <laughs> at the Falcoholic is that, um, you know, Falcons fandom is a real community and it doesn't really matter geographically where people are. And I think that that is really one of the most wonderful things about sports. Back to the game. Um, you know, really good points from from this caller about everything. I too am going to be delighted about the pits. Fine, you know, pits finally getting a touchdown for for days to come. But um, <laughs> I think that the point about the O line improvement is a really important one. You know, yes. we have certainly not held back our criticism of this unit <laughs> this year or really ever uh, in our lives, and uh, it's been well deserved criticism. But we've got to balance that out with praise when they deserve it. And they mm -hmm. are showing signs of improvement every week. And that's really all that you can ask for. Yeah. And Gina, you and I talk a lot about offensive line over the years. Yes. Um, and I will note one of the things I've been really impressed with is how quickly this offensive line has started to come together because normally yes. when you replace multiple starters, it takes a while. The, the communication, mm -hmm. the coordination, especially when you're dealing with defenses that like to use stunts uh, and twists to try to get uh, and confuse the guys uh, on the offensive line. We're seeing substantial improvement uh, across the board, especially from guys like Mayfield and Hennessy, who are both yes. brand new starters, Mayfield being a rookie. And Hennessy is a functional rookie uh, with the, mm -hmm. the lack of an offseason he had last year. So um, I've actually been very pleased with the progress they've made in just the, the first five games. I have too. And, you know, I think that it's, uh, I really want to, you know, emphasize that Jalen Mayfield has improved. He looked really, really unprepared in week one. And oh, yeah. I don't think that they would have started him week one if it hadn't been, you know, urgently necessary. Right. Um, but I do really want to, you know, acknowledge Hennessy too, because like you said, he's functionally a rookie. He does not have much experience playing center at the professional level. And it is really, really hard to learn how to be an effective center in the NFL. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of time and you are really, you know, the captain of that unit and you have to be the one who's responsible for making sure everybody knows their assignments, that everybody's ready to go. Um, so the fact that he is improving also so quickly is really, really remarkable because his position is extremely difficult. Yeah. I'm uh, quite pleased. And I think, you know, Arthur Smith for a lot of the criticism he has gotten about this offense in the first five weeks, I think this is an area where if this improvement continues, uh, the, we should be looking at what he has done with this offensive line and thinking, man, he really is a, a coach that can prepare an offense, especially like when you look back at the 2015 season with the Falcons under Kyle Shanahan, largely considered to be one of the most brilliant offensive minds of football. Um, that was an area that took them a long time. And, and it honestly, it took them bringing in Alex Mack in 2016 to help stabilize that offensive line. So uh, kudos to Arthur Smith. So long as this continues, obviously, if they fall apart, we're going to have a different conversation. Um, all right. We've got a caller from Sweden. This is a fun one. So this is Sweden calling again. Uh, great to have a second victory for the season. 
and uh, it was great not to have to lie to children when we were watching. <laughs> uh, got it. I was a bit nervous there in the fourth and third quarter, but man, we 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 stepped it up. Uh, it looked it looked really good, even though we played it yet. Um, yeah, it, it was a great game. Uh, Hayden Hurst, man, he he lied had like three fumbles he got a kick the ball controlled better and yeah yeah it feels uh, feels pretty good uh, yeah bye make uh, full bucks uh, great again i i'm so glad he didn't have to lie to his kids <laughs> me too and i just want to say that he did tweet us a picture of his children last yes. week after the after the podcast came out and they are adorable children and i'm so happy that they got the truth about a team that won this week because that is <laughs> got to be a good feeling <laughs> although i think that they believe the falcons are five and oh so they are happier children than we are <laughs> oh my goodness yes that <laughs> so true so so true um i, I do want to say one thing because i feel like this has come up a few times uh, everyone keeps saying oh i know it's the jets and yes the jets have been in doldrums for a while, but they actually have a fairly good defense. They're a top 15 defense. They came into this game with 13 sacks, which was tied for third in, in the league, and they didn't sack Matt Ryan once. So I think if you're looking for positives, this offense put up 27 on what is actually a fairly good defense uh, in the Jets. Right now, the Jets' issues aren't on defense. It's primarily offense and the rookie quarterback. Um, but yeah, so... I feel like that should be, and they're still an NFL team, so they still count. <laughs> Very much so, yes. <laughs> All right, we've got a regular uh, showing up with our next voicemail. What's going on, guys? This is Fat Falcon checking back in another week. I, I'm, I'm celebrating over here. I'm happy with the win. I don't care if it was just the Jets. A win <laughs> is a win, and I will take it. I appreciate Matt Ryan. I appreciate his um his fight. You know, it seems like he, when the his back's against the wall without Calvin Ridley, he seems to you know, like he, when he won the MVP, he was finding, he was throwing it to fullbacks, offensive linemen. I mean, he <laughs> find somebody to throw it to. Um, happy for Kyle Pitts getting his first one. Um, I just love Matt Ryan, man. I just can't I can't take any slander on Matt Ryan, bro. 14 years, hadn't been an ideal situation, switching coordinators, like I switched wives. I need him to uh, really feel appreciated. Hopefully he hears this, or his wife will hear it and tell him, shout out to you, Miss Ryan. <laughs> um, so uh, him, young way cool, we got to appreciate him. We got to appreciate uh, Arthur Smith. We got to appreciate his patience that he's had with the O-line. Yes. He didn't give up any sacks today, and I knew it was just a Jets, but, you know, still, that's a, that's a that's a huge a huge improvement from the first two weeks. And I'm happy that Arthur Smith was patient with his, with his people, and he didn't, you know, start a revolving door with the O-line. So hopefully they can build on it. Um, we still need a pass rush, though. I mean, still trying to figure out who Stephen Means is. Hopefully, um, you know, Terry or somebody can pull some strings and get some help on the on the defensive line. Grady's still being great, but you know, he he's a, he's 
he's getting a lot of attention. So these guys should be getting one on ones, and they should be getting to the quarterback. If you ask me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just appreciate you guys taking my call every week. And like I said, shout out to Young Way Cool, Matt Ryan. Who wants to fill Young Way Cool Jeep? I'm putting a hit out on you. <laughs> I am the person. I look over the city like Bruce Wayne. I will find you, and I will get Young Way Cool Jeep back. Oh my back. god! I don't watch the news that much. All right, guys. <laughs> Talk to y'all next week. I know it's about week, but I'm still calling. I love y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, Honestly, uh, the Fat Falcon is one of the reasons that I enjoy doing this podcast so much. 100%. Because I, I usually end up laughing like six or seven times just during this voicemail. <laughs> I do want to talk about Young Waiku, and I want to talk about him in the context of what a horrible weekend it was for NFL kickers. Oh, my <laughs> word. So... And, you know, uh, we as Falcons fans know what it's like to have a kicker that is unreliable. We've been in that position. We've been very lucky with Matt Bryant, with Young Waiku, with, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Matt Elam back in the day. Like, we've had some great kickers, but we've also had some inconsistent ones. And Young Waiku is great. He is super reliable. Um, I just feel like we are very lucky to have him. And you know what? Whoever stole his Jeep, you deserve to get got. (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness a hundred percent um that that is i feel like i want to make that my banner is just that uh that whole phrase so yes (laughs) uh, i love i love the fact that he's uh throwing out love and he wants like sarah ryan to know as well that he loves uh, our quarterback and i have to say I, I hope that she knows that there is a very, very strong contingent of Falcons fans who will go to their death defending Matt Ryan. Um, and I'm, I consider myself one of them, uh, mm-hmm. even though you know many people were uh, clamoring for a quarterback. I, I, I was not ready to let go. And <laughs> I feel like that's been validated the past two weeks <laughs> with his performance. Um, so I've been very very happy to see Matt Ryan just like literally I think last week PFF had him ranked as the number one quarterback in week four this week I think he was number three so just completely playing out of his mind and Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's shown that you know he may be 36 but he is still so incredibly effective and the point about uh, you know, 2016, when he was dealing to everybody, like literally mm-hmm. offensive linemen, DJ Ty Lavia, uh, right. tight ends. Yeah. Uh, had a, had a touchdown in that season. I think it was a one yard touchdown. It was the only mm-hmm. touchdown he had. Um, I, I was asked, or we were talking about this in the podcast uh, earlier this week. I think the fact that he doesn't have Julio may actually be uh, helping his development as a quarterback into mm-hmm. this system because he can't lean in the past matt would be you know he would see the other guys covered he's like all right i'm th- i'm going to julio yeah uh, and understandably so like julio was the absolute best but now that he doesn't have that I-, I feel like ryan as a quarterback is he is having to digest the full the fullness of this scheme and rely on guys that maybe in the past he would have um, you know, taking the second guess. Well, now he's having to go to them and, he, and he's, this could end up speeding up the development, the connection between him and Kyle Pitts because he doesn't have a Julio to lean on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that that is a very good point. And I do just want to 
point to something else that the fat falcon said that i don't think that we well i mean i think that you and i talk about it quite a bit but i think <laughs> that it's it's something that's kind of under discussed when it comes to matt ryan um and that's his fight and mm, you know people yes. are like oh you know matt ryan's boring oh matt ryan's like Meh. and i'm like no matt ryan is the guy who yelled get fucking set <laughs> like he is really that guy and he really like he's actually pretty fiery on the field um oh, i'm yeah. sure you remember the game against the panthers my favorite matt ryan gift of all time where he's yelling get the fuck off our field you know <laughs> yes. i mean he is yeah he can be a fiery guy and he does have a lot of fight in him he's extremely competitive scott bear at atlantafalcons.com wrote a really great piece on yes. ryan this week and i highly recommend that you read it because i think that it gives a much more complete picture of who Ryan is and what he's really like, you know, outside of press conferences where, you know, he's going to be exactly the guy that you expect him to be. Yeah. And uh, again, strongly recommend that with you. Uh, Bear brings an outside perspective as well. You know, many Atlanta fans are, we've been seeing Ryan for the past 14 years, take some things for granted. And um, I personally watch a lot of NFL games, particularly with the really good quarterbacks, because I want to see what they look like. And I'll mm -hmm. tell you that uh, I think most fans should do that. And you'll see that the things you complain about uh, in the game with Ryan, oh, he missed that deep pass. Like you'll see Tom Brady miss deep passes. You'll see Aaron Rodgers yes. miss deep passes. And the more you watch some of these top quarterbacks, you realize, oh, you know, Ryan actually isn't like far different from these guys. And, it, and I think it actually right. gives a good perspective on just how good he is, uh, you know, especially with people want to sort of write him off, which is ridiculous. Like, you know, oh, all he's ever done is, you know, put together stats. Well, yeah, because he's been such a good quarterback that teams want to keep him playing. <laughs> That's how yeah. you get stats. <laughs> exactly. Like if you're a sucky quarterback, they don't keep you out there to rack up stats. That is not yeah. how any of this works. You have to be good enough to make the plays to get the stats. It feels like this is kind of obvious, but, <laughs> you know, here we are. Here we are. All right. We've got, uh, before we go to a break, one, uh, one half of the voicemails from Jim and Hushton. Hey, this is Jim and Hushton. Uh, we own the Meadowlands, or the Meadowlands and <laughs> New Jersey. I'm not sure what we own. I remember a former Falcons coach had a trophy for winning in California. Can't remember. But anyway, um, not much negative from today's game. Well, other than fumbles, uh, I think everyone except maybe the O line and D line might have to walk around with the football with a handle on it. But uh, you know what can we say? This was a game I was really worried about because of our lack of depth. And uh, the kids showed up. I mean, the O-line was good. Great point. Coming in on defense, we're good. Kyle Pitts showed what he's like when he can be unleashed. And uh, it was a great win. It was celebrated by uh, Publix Pumpkin Roll with buttercream frosting and mm. homemade cream. Maybe tomorrow morning I'll go out and get a scone with tea. Probably. <laughs> Keep up the good work, guys. Oh, I love it. Um, I Gina, do too. He, he brought up a really good point, and I, I, I want to reemphasize this because, you know, as we were talking about the game, oh, it's the Jets, oh, it's the Jets, all that stuff. 
the Falcons lost Isaiah Oliver, who, even though he's not quote unquote a starter, he's effectively a starter as the the nickel. Um, yes. because he's going to play you know two-thirds of the snaps they lost him and for the has season. been playing really well right. when they he's, lost him for the season he's been one of our best defensive players uh this year yeah. um so they lose him uh then eric harris who's been one of our best coverage safeties and avery williams who was next in line to be the the nickel corner were both out for the game as well so we had to yeah. turn to guys like darren hall and richie grant and Jalen Hawkins, you know, a bunch of mm-hmm. young players, as Jim mentioned, and they really did. They stepped up in this game, and I thought that they all played fairly well, for especially for it being the first start for several of them. Well, and an international game at a weird time. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, there were a lot, like, yes, it was the Jets, and yes, the Jets have a lot of issues, and a rookie quarterback who probably could have benefited from a year or two to learn behind a veteran before jumping into a starting role. All of that said, it is really disruptive to the team's entire schedule to have to fly to London and they do all kinds of different press stuff. Like Mm -hmm. you've got international press there. It's a much bigger deal, like a lot more to handle, especially for younger players who haven't been in that situation. Um, And yeah, I mean, just the travel and having to play at 930 Eastern, uh, which is, you know, kind of the the clock that their bodies are set to. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I think that we really can't lose sight of that, that that does make it much more challenging too. Also, just another note for Jim, the um, unlike the Atlanta Falcons, the Publix Bakery is undefeated. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I could go on about Publix subs. They are so much better than, I don't want to say Subway, but they, they are. I mean, they're they're just yeah. the best. Um, well, so for one thing, they don't recommend. have Tom they don't have Tom Brady as a spokesperson. So that is also <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> I was literally thinking the same thing and you verbalized it. I love it. That is how we roll. Um, all right. We're going to get to the rest of the voicemails, including some from people who are at the game. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is David Walker joined by Gina Kelly. We're going through your voicemails in reaction to the Falcons' Week 5 win in London against the Jets, 27-20. The Falcons go to 2-3 and three on the season before their bye week. And yeah, we're, we're celebrating with, uh, with, with these voicemails. Some of you have had a little bit of skepticism, but I understand it. And although I, I'd say that the optimism is starting to come through again, and that's fun. 
the thing that I love though, the most Gene, is that, you know, as we talked about before and a few of our callers have mentioned, it's just the community um, mm-hmm. for, it's why we enjoy doing these podcasts, but we did it sort of as a one-off. And then I think we wa- walked away thinking that was a lot of fun. That felt like connecting with this real, you know, passionate and fun and hilarious community of Falcons fans that uh, sort of know what suffering is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, this has been as much as you guys say that you enjoy this. Um, we appreciate all of you calling in, leaving these voicemails and being a part of this with us. Yes, absolutely. All right. Jim called again and we're going to mm-hmm. give him uh, a little bit, of, a little bit more airtime, Jim and Houston. Cheers all. Uh, it's like we own the Giants and the Jets, which means we either own the Meadowlands or New Jersey or Meadowlands in London. Not sure. But hey, I might celebrate with a scone and tea tomorrow. Probably not. <laughs> but anyway, the kids did really well. I was pleased by, you know, the way our reserves and all fit in and played very well. Save the fumbles. We might have to walk around with footballs with the handle on it for the uh, <laughs> non-line players. But that shows how good, how very good this coaching staff is when you can have uh-huh. people fill in and you have the offensive line coming together and you have defenders going out and people stepping in and doing a good job. I tell you, it got a little close at the end, but should have had at least six to 14 more points to not even get yep. that close. Mm-hmm. Red zone fumbles. I, well, anyway, it was a great way to go into the bye. Uh, State of Georgia had a great weekend for their team. So the Falcons ended it on a high note. Guys are doing a great job. Keep up the good work. I celebrated with the Publix pumpkin roll. <laughs> that, will, that will never get old to me. Um, no. And I, I mean, I think that, yeah, some of that we had already heard in Jim's right. first message, but I did think that he made an excellent point about the coaching staff and yes. with the Rockies start the season. And I think that, you know, early on, especially Arthur Smith showed some, like his inexperience was evident. Um, and we obviously, I mean, Dean Pease, the caliber of talent across the board that he has to work with on the defense, you know, you have a couple of really solid players that you have Grady, who's exceptional, but David, you've already mentioned the injuries on that side of the ball Mm -hmm. and the depth has been a concern for a very long time. And so I think that the coaching staff absolutely deserves a lot of credit for the improvement. I mean, they deserve most of the credit for the, the players do too. Like it's, it's obviously the players have to have to execute, but I think that it was a very, very strong game for the coaching staff too. Yep. And I want to point out that on that very note, a lot of fans were saying, Oh, did you see how good Richie Grant played? Why didn't they play him before now? Um, Mm -hmm. And I understand where that's coming from, but the flip side of that is this coaching staff felt like he needed time to develop. They took that time to develop him. They kept him on the bench for a reason. They weren't doing that willy-nilly. They weren't doing that to punish him. They were doing it because they felt like that's what he needed. By the time he went into the game, he was prepared. 
And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, just assuming, oh, well, if you had put him in in game one, he would have been fantastic. No, there, it's quite possible that when he played on Sunday, it was because the coaching staff knew what they were doing, that he was prepared to come in and contribute in a meaningful way. So I like to look at it the other way. He was on the bench. Well, maybe that time on the bench actually did get him more mentally prepared for what he would have to do when the time came that he would actually be in the game on defense and he played well. So um, yeah, I know a lot of people want to sort of, you know, throw the coaches under the bus and like, why didn't you play him sooner? Well, maybe the right decision was to wait because the, mm-hmm. frankly, the results were good. And when the results are good like that, I think the coaches deserve the benefit of the doubt. Yes, I completely agree. All right. We've got uh, some UK uh, and European based callers uh, coming up. Exciting. I know. I love it. Hi guys. My name is Matthew. I'm from the UK. Um, I made the 10 hour round trip to watch the Falcons for the very first time on Sunday. And I was extremely excited. Uh, I've never, obviously never seen the Falcons before and got into the stadium. The whole place was buzzing. Um, And what can I say? I first half, I've never, I've never seen the Falcons play like that. To be honest, <laughs> um, they couldn't stop us. They couldn't. We stopped them. Every the defense just stepped up, and they couldn't have looked any better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Ryan again with with both with his two top weapons not in the game. Uh, I thought was outstanding, and then some of the some some of the receivers stepped up as well. Um, I almost at, at times I almost forgot who I was watching because we were blowing up the Jets. I was having a great time in the stadium, and then the fourth quarter started to happen. The Falcons became the Falcons that I know and love, and I had an awful feeling that we were going to manage to somehow blow a game to a team that could barely move the ball in the first half. But luckily, the defense managed to step up a little bit. Mike Davis got in for that touchdown in the end, and I took the five-hour ride home. A very happy Falcons fan. <laughs> Looking forward to what Matt Ryan could do, who's again outstanding this season, uh, for the last two games at least. And looking forward to see what he can do when Ridley and Pitt, uh, Ridley and Pitts and Gage and everyone gets back healthy. Thanks, guys. It's really fun. I do too. It's really fun to hear from fans across the pond who got to see this team live and actually got to see a win because David, you and I both remember very well the Falcons last trip to London against the lions and that just disastrous end of the game. Um, That was what essentially ended uh, Mike Smith's tenure. It was. And it, and it was a mistake on his part. So mm-hmm. I completely understand it. I, it was just an abysmal way to blow game. And I was thinking about all of our, you know, UK and European friends who, who also are cursed with a, a deep abiding love for this team. <laughs> and I was so happy for all of them that they yes. got to see that particular game. It was, it had to be really special. I saw a lot of great photos and it seems like people had a wonderful time. So Matthew, thank you for calling in. I'm really happy that you were able to make that very long round trip to see a Falcons win and not the Falcons blowing a lead to lose to the Jets, which either outcome would have been entirely possible. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. 
Um, I will say, you know, really it was like 27 to 17. The Jets got that last field goal with like 30 seconds left. And, and the defense was playing prevent anyways to let them burn out the clock. So uh, it really, in my mind, it was a 10 point win. So it, it was, uh, I'm going to call it a blowout, but <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I mean, I think when you adjust for like the exchange rate, you know, like right. translating American wins to a European win, I, I think that that's the way that it works. That was a blowout. It was yes. a blowout in Europe and in yes. Euros. <laughs> <laughs> it was a blowout in Euros. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm, I'm clipping that one and putting that one on Twitter. All right. Okay, great. <laughs> Next caller. Mr. Norwegian Falcons fan. You may remember me from such depressed Falcons voicemails as the Bucks game and desperately <laughs> trying to be positive after the Giants game. Back in the north of England today at college after a long journey back from the city of London after a wonderful weekend of pints, football, and good times. I was expecting to call in drunk and sad after Falcons loss. And instead, we're all hung over and happy after a genuinely impressive Falcons performance. Uh, looking directly down the sideline from my seats behind the end zone and seeing Kyle Pitts catch the first touchdown of his, of his uh, gold jacket career is truly a memory that I will cherish for life. And awesome. once they really didn't let me down. Though there was the obvious falconing in the third and fourth quarter that I knew was coming. They weathered the storm this week, and the game shouldn't have been close, obviously. Uh, Hayden Hurst and Mike Davis probably left 14 points on the board, maybe 10. Mm-hmm. With their turnovers and the Jets' only scoring drives were constructed by a massive kickoff return and an equally massive pass interference penalty on AJ Terrell, uh, which I think put them at the one, maybe the two. You know, this game could have just as easily ended 346. On that note, a huge shout out to head coach Arthur Smith. So you think back to last week. With six minutes left, first and 10 from the 25, he hands it off to Mike Davis for no gain. The Falcons go three and out. Washington scores the touchdown. The meltdown ensues. They lose. We've seen that formula before. This week, same field position, first and 10. Six minutes left, three-point lead. He dials up play action, hits Kyle Pitts for a 50-yard game. So that play settled them down. He got them in, into field goal range and eventually got them the touchdown that they needed to ice the game. He's coming for an awful lot of, I think, justified criticism through four weeks. But just like the young players he's coaching, he's also a rookie learning his role. And he's showing real growth mm-hmm. while doing it. So let's give the man some time. And thought he called a great game today. Yeah. Um... I completely agree. Uh, and I think that that's a really interesting point. That that series that he's talking about from the, the previous week's game really made me so mad online um just, well i mean not that that's a new thing but you know what i mean and so it i i think that the point that he's making about the fact that arthur smith is also a rookie and what you want to see from your rookie head coach and from your rookies on the field is improvement from week to week and he's right he yes. handled a very similar situation against the jets very a lot more aggressively and i think that that's what that's what the situation called for and so that tells me that he is learning from his experience and you know that's really all you can hope for yep i mean that's uh he was never going to come in as a head coach and have everything figured out uh that's just a given um he he had to take the reins and uh learn some things himself and uh, in his presser he even said that 
you know, he's going to make a lot of mistakes and that he was really angry with himself from last week. Um, mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to make a lot of mistakes, but I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. And I think we saw that. Uh, yeah. As, you know, as, uh, as Magnus noted, uh, that deep shot to Kyle Pitts was essentially him saying, yeah, no, we're, we're going to, I'm going to go to the guys who've been getting it done all game. And, uh, and it worked out. And honestly, I, I saw some people say, Hey, even if the, the pass wouldn't have completed, even if it wouldn't have turned out that way, um, they would have felt better just in the fact that he was being attacking, that he was attacking mm-hmm. and, and, you know, going downfield and, and sticking with the hot hand. Uh, and of course yeah. it did end up working. So um, yeah, fantastic. Uh, and uh, so happy that, uh, you know, our fans over uh, our Falcons fans over in the UK, uh, in Norway, uh, in Europe, that they got this game uh, and mm-hmm. even in, in some ways, as they all noted, they started to get that tinge on the back of their neck when they saw the game starting to slip away. But they yeah. also got to experience the Falcons close it out for the, you know, which is something we don't, we haven't really seen in recent years. And yeah, um, no, not for a very long time. I mean, the Falcons have become synonymous with lone leads. And so, uh, it's actually, I was super relieved that for the European Falcons fans who were able to go and the fans from the U.S. who made the trip, that that is the game that they got to see. Yes, 100%. Um, okay. All right, we've got two more, and uh, both are return callers, and I'll let you figure out which, uh, which caller we'll finish with. <laughs> Monty from uh, Salt Lake City. Feels good to actually call and not be as depressed as I was last week. <laughs> There's a lot of good things. I saw this team like Matt Ryan is playing his ass off. Patterson is like is a breath of fresh air. Probably the best thing we've seen from, from a running back tradition since uh three men could actually hold a block. And mm-hmm. Pitts. That's what I wanted to see from Pitts. When I said I wanted to see our rookies, man, I wanted to see them get Pitts involved since we didn't have rhythm yet. It was nice to see. Good to see Grant out there, too. It just saw a lot of good things this week and actually gives me hope that this team is going in the right direction. I know it's the Jets. I know that's all everybody's going to say, but we also could have came out and got our ass beat like we did against the Lions in London. So, saw a lot of good things. Uh, Only bad thing I noticed is, like, every time I see Harmon on defense, he's five yards behind who he's actually supposed to be covering, like, I don't know how long this guy's going to have a job, but I don't know, man. Maybe we can get Hawkins in there and see less of Harmon because he's, he's terrible. He's probably the worst person <laughs> on our defense. But that's all I've ever seen. So I don't feel good. Hopefully we can come out of the bye and get a W. Yeah. Um, I will say I don't want to uh, beat up on Deron Harmon. I think he's been inconsistent. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, not terrible the whole time, but also not great. Um, but Jalen Hawkins coming in and getting that uh, fantastic interception where he jumped the route very instinctively, mm-hmm. uh, an aggressive play, something that Dean Pease had talked about that he wanted to see his guys do this week. And Jalen Hawkins did it uh, and just really had a fantastic game overall. So uh, another player that I think stepped up in the time where they needed him to, you know, with all these guys that were injured, uh, he was playing a lot more than I think they expected him to. And he, you know, he's one of those young guys that this team may be building around for the future. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and David, I do, I do just want to mention something like about the younger players not getting as much playing time. And it's something that you and I and the guys in the alcoholic have chatted about a bit over the past few days. And it's something that you mentioned specifically on Twitter and one, like, it's a very long season for rookies yeah. compared to, you know, the college season. And rookies are also coming into their first pro season without any kind of restful off season, because as soon as the bowls are over, you're full speed ahead with um, draft training and prep and all that yep. stuff. And so, and then you go right into rookie minicamp and then you go, you know, like the rookie symposium, like you, then you are like just in the league. And so they're really going at it from before their final college season starts until after their first pro season without a break. And so mm -hmm giving those guys less playing time up front probably gives them more time, not just to adapt to the speed of the game at the pro level and to make sure that they understand the scheme fully and understand their roles in it, but also should help preserve them physically and mentally down the stretch. Yeah. So just something to think about there. Yeah. I mean, a, a college season is roughly, you know, 11, 12, 13 games, depending on, you know, where you play. And if you get into a bowl, uh, the Falcons will play 17 games this year and yeah. they've got five down and they've, and Arthur Smith brought it up. He said, uh, you know, we have 12 games, which is basically a college season. And I think he did that. Uh, I think he was very intentional about saying that. And that's what I uh -huh. sort of keyed in on uh, when we had that discussion. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, these guys, they don't get a break. And on top of that, most of them are relocating from one city to another. You know, most of these guys lived on campus uh, they didn't all play at UGA, so they didn't mm -hmm. live in Atlanta. So they're also having to up, you know, uproot themselves for the first time, uh, you know, in three or four years since they've been in college, go find a place to live in a new city. Gina, you know how difficult it is to find a place to live right now um, on top of everything else. So yeah, it's a lot for these rookies, yeah. these 22 year olds, 21 year olds to come in and take all this on. And oh, by the way, we need you to learn this massive a complex scheme on the defensive side or the offensive side at the same time you're trying to figure out how to manage millions of dollars find a place to live <laughs> in a brand new city uh, like that is a heavy heavy lift and I think it makes sense to give these guys some time uh, at the beginning of the season to to get used to some of the things that um, normally they don't get that opportunity mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I could not agree more so I I like how the coaching staff has handled this I think it's going to pay dividends as the season goes on, especially with guys like uh, Richie Grant and uh, the rest of our rookie class. But uh, mm -hmm. obviously they, they still have to perform on the field, but uh, I'm, I'm going to give uh, a veteran defense coordinator like Dean Pease the benefit of the doubt and, and believe that he knows what he's doing. All right. Yeah, definitely. Our last voicemail and uh, Gina, I think you know who it's from. I know, I know who it is. I know who it is. Ryan Hater alert. <laughs> Ryan Hater alert. Matt Ryan Hater alert. <laughs> Man, Falcons should try their best to lose this game. They really did, but they somehow managed to not pull it off. Good job. I'm sitting here at the end of the third quarter like, not again. Come on, D. Please save these idiots. And for the most part, they did. Great job, D-Line, for getting pretty good, consistent pressure throughout the game that we've been looking for. But the typical Falcons, they kept bailing the Jets out with stupid fumbles, penalties, and whatever they could to give them a chance. 
wide receivers still need mother flipping work. They still <laughs> putting it on the turf. Hayden Hurst, Mike Davis included. No wonder wide receivers only had like two or three targets first half. Matt had a great game out there, buying time, making plays out of the pocket on the run. Matt, where all that come from? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's tired of me hating on him. And does Matt have a new favorite target? Are we finally about to see the breakout of this shooting star, this unicorn, Kyle Pitt? Man, he had an outstanding game showing mm-hmm. he ain't no bust by showing his talents out there on the field. Glad to see him finally get his first freaking touchdown. About damn time. <laughs> we want more. We want more. All I got to say is to the defense, AJ Terrell, play the freaking ball. Please. Maybe a pick. And less sweating. Man, I tell you, they really tried to blow this game. Glad they mm-hmm. pulled out the W. Hopefully, they take this off week and adjust and hit the ball machine so the wide receivers could get their hands right. Um, Thank y'all and have a good day. <laughs> always 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 one of my favorite callers every week um i cannot help but crack up laughing whenever he starts in with matt ryan hater alert um <laughs> but matt really hasn't been giving him much to hate on here lately no, he so uh and i enjoy that he freely admits that he's a matt ryan hater but i feel like he's also very fair about matt ryan and i think that he gives him credit where he deserves it. Um, I think that it was a really good point about how the Falcons really did their best to Falcon. I mean, they did <laughs> bail the Jets out. And if I if I have to like harp on one thing that I'd really like to see dramatic improvement, it would just be the sloppiness of play. It's gonna yes. it's the penalties, yep. you know, it's the drops, it's the turnovers, it's all that stuff that you can work on and improve and you know limit those things on the field. And I think that that's something that the team really has to focus on because there has been a lot of sloppiness. There has. And uh, it was true last week with Washington. They had several key drops. um, Oh my gosh. Yes. And that would have been game changing uh, potential plays. And I think this is the, the thing though, that gives me some optimism uh, even as we look forward is as you mentioned, those are the type of types of things that you can correct and you can get better at. Um, you know, when you have true talent or scheme deficiencies, those issues look different than what we're seeing. You know, these issues where they're shooting themselves in the foot, fumbling in the red zone, dropping passes, um, over time, you can correct those. And mm-hmm. if they do, this could be like last week, they scored 30 uh, against Washington, and it probably could have been 40 if they if they had cleaned up the sloppiness. And this week, yeah. with the Jets probably could have been high 30s, maybe even over 40 if they had cleaned up the sloppiness. So there is still a lot ahead of this team. As as good as the offense looked on Sunday, they left a lot of points on the field. And, mm-hmm. you know, the same as he mentioned with A.J. Terrell, you know, if he turns his head, that's not a pass interference. And um, yeah, this this is a team that as they as long as the coaches can get these things corrected, if they get these things corrected, um, they could win more games than many people are expecting. Uh, because yeah, they looked th- competitive against some good teams. 
They have. And I think that, you know, one thing that I just really kind of want to focus on for a second is how nice it is to go into the bye week with a clear idea of, you know, what the team could focus on to get better. Mm -hmm. And also a lot of optimism around the way that the team has played over the last two weeks. Obviously the Washington game was lost and we've already talked about all that, but like it was, they did put up a lot of points. There were things, uh, you know, glimmers of hope throughout that game. And, you know, being able to go into the bye week after a win like this, I think it's going to, it's going to leave the players and the coaching staff with, you know, that feeling of momentum that they're going to want to keep going. And it's a great time for the bye, I think, especially with a rookie head coach, you know, give him a chance to kind of assess what he's done so far, see what he can do differently. And yeah, I mean, it's just, I'm really excited that they won this game. I, I would have hated to be miserable all bye week and now <laughs> we don't have to be. <laughs> so that's great. Even better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, guys, thanks again for the voicemails. We will do this again in a couple of weeks. Um, and hopefully it will be another happy set of voicemails celebrating a win over the Miami Dolphins when we face them in about a week and a half. Uh, so Gina, remind our, blah, remind our listeners where they can find you and what you have going on. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter at Gina Thomas. Um, these days, I'm mostly yelling about sports in one <laughs> way <laughs> shape or form or another and um i instead of plugging anything that i'm working on because all i'm working on is like actual work uh nothing interesting that people would want to read but um i do want to encourage readers to go and listen to the interview david that you did with matt ryan last week i've listened to it like three times now because <laughs> i enjoyed it so much like you really were able to i think make a connection with him based on the fact that you're both fathers and i i felt like you made him really comfortable up front so he kind of opened up a little bit more shared more of his actual personality it's a great listen so i just strongly recommend people go check that out well thank you i appreciate that pal um yeah that was uh that was a lot of fun and uh, you can find that, of course, uh, at our normal podcast sites, uh, iTunes, yes. Google, <laughs> uh, Spotify, all of it. And uh, as for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So for Gina, not this week, Matt Online, Kelly, <laughs> go Braves. Uh, this yes. is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. Talk with you next time.